Hi there, Inside the Stream listeners. This week, Will is off on vacation, and you can probably hear that I'm suffering from a summer cold. So we don't have a new episode for you, but don't worry. I've got a great interview for you with Jeff Schultz, who's Chief Strategy Officer and Chief Business Development Officer over at Paramount Streaming. Uh, This interview was originally released as part of my End Screen Noise podcast just last month in June. I always learn a lot from Jeff when I speak with him, and this interview is no different. He explains several recent strategic and distribution moves by the company that have come up on our podcast. For example, a couple of weeks ago, you'll remember Will and I discussed Paramount's move to put Showtime inside of Paramount Plus and shut down Showtime as a separate streaming service. And Jeff talks about that move in this interview, as well as a a bunch of others. Anyway, here's the original End Screen Noise podcast in its entirety. I hope you enjoy it. And Will and I will be back with you in the next couple of weeks. In this interview with Paramount executive Jeff Schultz, he explains Paramount Plus and Pluto TV's joint strategy, three innovative distribution deals, and why fasts are not cable TV 2.0. Listen on to hear more. This is End Screen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at End Screen Media. And today is June 22nd, 2023. Over the last three years, US broadcasters NBC, ABC and Fox have become fully engaged in the direct-to-consumer streaming TV market. But CBS recognized the opportunity and jumped into the market nearly a decade ago when it launched CBS All Access. In 2019, Viacom bought five-year-old fast pioneer Pluto TV and merged with CBS later that year. Jeff Schultz, who had been Pluto TV's chief business officer, came along with the Pluto acquisition and is now chief strategy officer and chief business development officer for Paramount Streaming at Paramount Global. Today's podcast is my interview with Jeff recorded on stage at the Stream TV show in Denver on June 14th, 2023. In the interview, Jeff discusses how Paramount Plus and Pluto TV continue to set the pace in the streaming TV market, the Showtime integration with Paramount Plus, and the company's innovative distribution strategy with partners like Verizon, Delta Airlines, and Walmart. Thanks to Questex and the Stream TV Show for allowing me to bring you this interview in its entirety. But first, do you need a moderator or interviewer to make your executive speaker shine? Do you have a customer event coming up and need an industry expert that can set the stage with a visionary keynote? How about a dinner host with customers to move the conversation along through topics that matter to you? With my 15 years experience speaking at the industry's top conferences and customer events, I can help. Send an email to sales at endscreenmedia.com to set up a meeting so we can discuss your needs. Now, back to the interview with Jeff Schultz, Chief Strategy Officer and Chief Business Development Officer for Paramount Streaming at Paramount Global. Good morning, everybody. Hi, everyone. And Jeff, good morning to you. Great to see you again, Colin. Uh, we are going to have a great discussion this morning. I wanted to start off with sort of a perspective. It's been 10 years, just about 10 years since Pluto launched. 
It's been, well, I think CBS All Access launched in 2014. Same year. Yeah. Um, Netflix, of course, launched streaming in 2007. So I think it's fair to say that we're in our second innings here. Mm-hmm. So I want you to give us, give us a perspective. Uh, how are you repositioning? How are you thinking about repositioning your two main products, Pluto TV and Paramount Plus, um, for this new era, you're, you're making a lot of moves. Give us an, an idea of what you're doing. Great. Um, yeah, no, isn't that crazy to think it's been approaching a decade? Isn't it? Um, since both Pluto TV and CBS All Access, the predecessor of Paramount Plus, yeah. were founded. And those, and those two businesses now are the market-leading free service and far and away the fastest-growing pay service, it still sort of spins my head to think about that. And you and I have been talking about this stuff for way longer than 10 years. Just too. a bit. <laughs> so um, we're not repositioning, but what I'll, what, I mean, maybe this is an opportunity to, to explain how we're doubling down on what we consider to be a differentiated strategy. So uh, approaching three years ago, Bob Backish made a critical decision at that point, let's say three years ago today, there were two separate divisions within uh, within what was called Viacom CBS, what eventually became uh, Paramount Global. One was dedicated to free, operating the Pluto TV service. One was pay, operating CBS All Access service. Now, we were internal partners, but these were separate divisions with separate management and separate strategies. And so Bob made the decision to put Tom Ryan, my boss, um, me as, as the head of strategy, um, in charge of a coordinated strategy and a single management team operating both. So we're not combining the services, but we're coordinating the strategy between the services. And that I think was a a really great move. And I love the way you are now coordinating those two services. Talk a little bit about how you're doing that. Well, I think the easiest way to explain it is to explain um, our underlying strategy, which is only possible because we're operating free to pay at the same time. So, so, So describe our strategy in three parts. One is the broadest content offering. So Paramount Global is a unique position to bring that to the market because we're talking about sports, we're talking about scripted, unscripted, kids, programming for the whole household. Whole household, why does that matter? One, largest addressable market, meaning more content appealing to more users, um, and thus more subscribers, but also, this is often missed or misunderstood, reducing churn. Right, So we look at the subscriber as a household, not an individual. We aspire that the household subscribes to Paramount Plus, not dad or mom or the kids. And imagine how, how much that affects retention and how much that drives down churn when maybe the NFL season is over, but the kids are still watching SpongeBob, right? And churn has reduced every year, every quarter we've operated Paramount Plus um, and that's a reflection of, of, that, of that part of the strategy. Second is the broadest business model. So you, we've been ad supported since day one, since, since some of our peers were saying they would never offer advertising. Um, we've always understood that, that there's a huge advantage. I mean, of course everyone's gonna offer advertising. One, it lets you offer a lower price point product, which again, increases your addressable market. Two, you're diversifying your revenue streams beyond subscription, and Paramount Global is one of the fat, one of the largest, um, you know, premium video sales operations in the world. We're able to benefit from from that, and and then and sorry, and then and then pair that with Pluto TV, where we actually have a free service alongside ad supported, along premium, to create by definition the, the biggest addressable market. And the last 
of those three is a franchise-driven strategy. Now, this the F word gets thrown around a lot in this industry. Like, let's be clear, franchise is an asset. It's not a decision. So calling something a franchise, which is something that some of our competitors do, doesn't make it a franchise. And and Paramount Global is stupid with franchises. Like we are, we are, we are so rich with franchises, and it puts us in a position where we can play a different game than some of our competitors, making really calculated bets, both from a programming expense and a marketing expense on the things that we know that will drive the needle. And and then what's come out of that? Paramount Plus didn't exist two years ago, and is now north of 60 million subscribers, right? And you know, and Pluto TV now in its third year as a billion-dollar-plus revenue business. Right, right. Um, so you, you have made a couple of you reshuffled a couple of things on the deck. One of the things is the integration of Showtime mm-hmm. into Paramount Plus. Tell me about the, the why you decided to do that. Yeah. Um, so we're really we're really bullish about Showtime as part of Paramount Plus. So be, to be clear, Showtime that that standalone service, which was largely a cable-driven business model, did have an over-the-top component, um, meaning, meaning sold as a streaming service, but it was largely a stream, uh, largely a, a you know a multi-channel cable business that has been um, rolled into Paramount Plus. So Paramount Plus with Showtime, the premium tier. Um, gets a little more expensive and it has Showtime as part of that content offering. So why would we do it? The obvious first answer is expense savings. That was a standalone business that was quite expensive to run. It's a reflection of um, changes in that market, right? That, that the traditional model is, is contracting and, and you know, we need to be sober about the adjustments we need to make on that side of the business. But less obvious and more um, even even more promising is the role that Showtime plays within Paramount Plus. And so think about it this way: Showtime has hits, right? Dexter, Billions, Yellow Jackets. You know, just 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 in season two now, and 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 then had had the rest of the of the of the year to sort of fill up with shows that were great, but but maybe not hits. When you overlay Showtime on top of Paramount Plus, Yellow Jackets ends. And we've got Champions League, we've got SpongeBob for the kids, we've got CBS Broadcast, we've got you know four Paramount theatrical releases this summer that will come quickly to the service. And so what you have is an ability to offer that premium value proposition to extend the you know Paramount Plus to even more subscribers and the underlying again you know broad content offering uh, proposition to keep to keep them there. And we think that we totally think that that's a winner. Yeah, yeah, and you're certainly doing a good job marketing it to me. <laughs> oh yeah! Every time I do a search for something, if it's in Showtime, subscribe. <laughs> I will take that compliment back to our chief marketing officer. It's certainly working. Okay, so there's. I think one of the things that. Um, well, actually, before we do, let's talk a little bit about cross promotion. H- how you're using Pluto to promote Paramount and vice versa, because I think that that's really interesting the way you're doing that. Yeah. So a free service that, you know, not only do we not charge people, you don't have to sign in. You don't even have to decide what to watch. You just turn it on like television. That will always have the broadest, the broadest audience, right? I mean, that, that, that audience is north of 80 million global now. It's well on its way to 100 million. You know, Tom and I came up with 100 million when it was a tiny startup as an aspirational idea. We didn't 
mean it, right? We wanted everyone to think about just how big it could be. And I'm quite confident now we will, we will, we will in the not too distant future. So remember that when somebody comes into your office and they're pitching you a new, a new service and they say, I'm a million. Startups need aspirational visions, um, but it's quite satisfying that that's now, that's now on the horizon. Yeah. Um, and so with that kind of reach, when we make these investments, um, which are super expensive in terms of both you know, one, you can only make so many bets on original content for Paramount Plus during the year and, and, other, you know, and other core content beats. They cost a lot of money to make. They cost a ton of money to market. And if they, if they miss, it's a huge missed opportunity and you have to move on to the next one. And so what we're able to do, and so like 1883 and 1923 and Tulsa King, these shows are spectacular. And, and yet they're still underexposed. Like I can't tell you how much work they've done to help us get to that 60 million, but they're still underexposed. Like 1923, for example, who's watched that show? So like that's the upside. So it's maybe a third, yeah. right? So two thirds of this audience still has yet to see it. So what we use Pluto to, to do is, is when there's a new season um, of, a, of, a, of a show that we consider to be a, a you know, core franchise, We'll preview that for free. We'll put it in front of the paywall, put it in front of 80 million people to set that hook, to let them understand the value proposition that's behind the door of Paramount Plus. Right. And, and to, the, to your initial question about like, you know, the advantage of putting a free and pay strategy, not combine those services, which another competitor tried, right? We're confident that's not the right answer, but instead to coordinate those strategies um, when they're not competing with one another, but they're trying to grow the overall overall pie. And reminder, that pie is now north of $6 billion run rate, right, for a division that didn't exist three years ago, um, is, a huge, is a huge advantage. You know, when I was modeling this out about 10 years ago, I always assumed that people would have free services that were feeders for their subscription. So it's been such a surprise to me that most other people have not done it, and you have, so congratulations. Thank you. If there's one thing that says to me that we're in the second innings, it's the fact that we are now moving to more, moving towards more sophisticated distribution plans. You have made three very interesting moves in the last few months. Um, tell us about those. Let's start with the Let's start with the most recent. How about your Verizon, your new Verizon? I'd love to talk about that. Jake, Jake, partner on that was just on stage. Um, I mean, first of all, I'll say, like, I can't, I, I run the strategy function at Paramount Streaming, but also the partnerships function, and I can't tell you how proud I am of that team. Bob's taken to calling uh, Paramount the, part, the partner of choice for, for streaming, and he's not wrong. Um, you know, how do we get there? The way I describe it is a creative and ambitious approach to partnerships, where ubiquitous distribution is table stakes. We have to be on every device. We have to negotiate tight deals, um, make sure that we're accessible. But then what, what more can we do? It, the, the, the genesis of this was the built-in strategy, which you and I have talked about before, when Pluto was a startup, to push the, the experience onto the device. So when you're turning on a Samsung or an LG or a Vizio TV, Pluto TV was right there. It was an extraordinary catalyst for the growth of Pluto TV. And so taking that sort of philosophy about how can we do things, uh, not just bigger, but genuinely different, differently, right? Scale, fit, and then differentiation, those three attributes for, for, for an ideal partnership. And so Verizon, a great example. I'll, 
those three examples that I, I mean, Verizon and then and then and then Delta and Walmart, I think the three that you probably have in mind, they're all their first of its kind, which is pretty cool to say. So with Verizon, we are bundling Paramount Plus with Showtime and Netflix. So this is the first third-party bundle with Netflix. Um, I think it's super interesting because a scaled billing partner, imagine how many billing relationships Verizon has. Um, they launched Plus Play, which is a way for them to make it easy for their customers to subscribe to services, not just video services, really any, really any you know, recurring billing service. And then now they're in a position to make to solve that problem about which services do I want to subscribe to? Am I overpaying, right? And yeah. then the convenience and the value of, of bundling. And then from the provider's perspective, that, that's a superior, a bundled subscriber is a superior subscriber. We're gonna see something different yeah. in terms of engagement or in terms of lower churn, better retention. Um, and so, I mean, I'll just say on that model, it's super interesting that we're the first, super proud that we're the first of its kind, but I, I do expect more action on that front in yeah. terms of billing partners, enabling third-party service bundling. Yeah, I like that looser plus play approach to aggregation and the full integration that's being done by people like Amazon and, and whatnot. And by the way, um, plus play is actually uh, uh, powered by Bango, who's, uh, who's actually exhibiting here, so you might want to stop by and talk to them about that. Talk to us about Delta. I love this deal. So 50 million people fly Delta every year in the United States. And to this point about you know 1923, two thirds of you haven't even seen it yet. We're doing the hardest part already, which is creating hits, but they're dramatically underexposed. It's all headroom for our business. And so, and so a couple years ago now, um, Delta approached us and, and with, I thought, a breathtaking strategy. So they're gonna invest a ton of money in the fastest Wi-Fi ever to the plane, and and so that's that's bold, um, and so this is this is this is fast enough to be clear that everybody can be streaming high definition video at the same time on the plane. But but what was truly bold about the strategy is they're going to give it away, and so and so we started talking about if we're in a position, sorry, give it away. Um, to SkyMiles members, right? And the goal here is to create a membership relationship with everybody on the, on the plane, right? Where rather than price competing, that at the margin you prefer, you prefer Delta because you're a member of Delta and they have a superior experience in flight. And so given that we're gonna have all of these people who are, to, in order to access free Wi-Fi, the only thing you have to do is either log in at SkyMiles or create a SkyMiles account. So now, that's a person, that's an account. What can we connect that to? We're gonna connect it to Paramount Plus so that people have access, not to sampling, which is, which is what the airline experience has been to date, right? Where like, you know, you're in, you're in the seat back and you see a couple of, of episodes perhaps and then you have to remind yourself that you wanted to see episode three and then download it and start a free trial or whatever. Everyone's gonna have access to the entire service in flight, 50 million people a year, and they're gonna walk off the plane in a free trial. Right, so they're already going to be a subscriber to Paramount Plus, and and we'll we'll send them a gentle reminder that they that that they haven't watched episode three yet. And so a funnel like that has never been created before. Yeah. Um, and we're super optimistic. It's live on a small number of planes. Anybody who flew here on Delta might have seen it, but it'll be on north of uh, seven hundred planes by the end of the year. Awesome. And real quick, Walmart. Walmart. So Walmart. Um, even longer ago, we started talking with Walmart about how 
Uh, they have a membership program called Walmart Plus. This is a value-driven membership. It's free shipping, um, free grocery delivery. There's a gas discount about how we could offer an entertainment benefit um, without investing the many tens of billions of dollars that their primary competitor has invested in an entertainment benefit. And, um, and we walked in with, essentially, let's call it a warm introduction. We, we do a ton of business with Walmart already. Picture Paw Patrol or, or, you know, or SpongeBob on the, on the store shelves. We have 13, Paramount Global has 13 people who live in Bentonville, Arkansas full time. So they know us. And so we're starting with the acknowledging the fit between our content, characters, franchises, brands, and their customers. Now, it wasn't easy, but there were a lot of nods and smiles in that first meeting. And I don't know, let's just say a year and a half later, we announced and launched um, a partnership where Paramount Plus is a free benefit available to every Walmart Plus member. And it's, it's an extraordinary partnership. Um, I couldn't be more, more proud. And, and you know, that's a, that's a long-term partnership. It's, it's got a lot of room to grow. Cool, cool. So great. Thank you for that great summary. Um, now, unfortunately, we're just we're just about out of time. But I want to ask you about the future. So, uh, in particular, I wanted to focus on. Let's talk a little bit about um, the the fast market Pluto TV or the market leader there. Um, what do you see as the end game for? I won't say end game, but what do you see? Where are we headed with with fasts? Uh, we've heard a lot of people talking about is cable two point which I can't. Hate that comparison. Is it cable 2.0? Am Better I wrong? Not. Better not what be. is it going to be? What is it? Better not be? be. Yeah, no, I react similarly when I hear that. For everybody's, I heard, I, I arrived late to this event, but I heard fast has been the talk of the, of the event. Um, so it's on people's minds. I imagine a lot of this room is spending time, energy, and money on it. For the sake of everybody in this room, let's hope it's not cable 2.0, right? <laughs> yeah. So everybody needs to be totally sober about about why cable was an interesting model. Arbitrary distribution constraints, right? Where, where the fact that you only had a couple of options meant the content differentiation really didn't matter. And that created um, scarcity and pricing, you know, pricing uh, uh, discipline or pricing control so that there were, there were really, really high margins. That distribution constraint has largely disappeared. And so now in order to be, like imagine this, if you have an undifferentiated content offering and then no distribution constraints, what are your margins? Why would there be any margins? That is the definition of hyper-competition. There is some interesting work to do on the connected device. Um, you know, the, our built-in strategy is an example of that. And, and all the major players are doing work to create value in terms of a you know, proprietary experience on their connected devices. But the focus needs to be on content differentiation, right? And cable was, just because it looks similar and that there's a lot of channels maybe organized into a guide, cable was largely undifferentiated on the content side. All the business model work was being done on the distribution side. So what I would encourage everyone to do is, is focus, make sure they're focusing um, their attention on the content differentiation side. And if the service or channels or set of channels that you're offering isn't differentiated, it probably won't have a sustainable business model under their vast and sort of end state. Very sage words to end our conversation. Jeff, I wish we could have spoken longer. Thank you. Yeah, that no, was great to catch up. Thank you. Oh, thank you. This podcast is the property of Endscreen Media. All rights reserved.